Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed your meal. And now we're going to look forward to hearing from our guest speaker shortly. But first, I would like you to I'd ask you to join me in welcoming our television audience and our webcast viewers. Again, my name is Danny Asaf, and I have the privilege of serving as the president of the Canadian Club of Toronto for this season. And thank you again for joining us. The Canadian Club is proud of its rich tradition of providing a forum for leaders in all spheres of society to share their ideas with you. Led by a volunteer board of directors, we are dedicated to providing an open and welcoming platform for insightful and diverse perspectives on the important issues of the day. Through our programs and our activities, including our youth and young leaders programs, diversity partnerships, media and social opportunities, we offer you access to dynamic political, business and public figures from here and abroad. Before I introduce, I formally introduce today's guest speaker, I would like to take an opportunity to tell you about some of our upcoming events. On November 13th, Twitter's Kirsten Stewart will join Catalyst Canada's Alex Johnson for a candid conversation about female leadership and the world of work. On November 19th, jointly with Club Canadien du Toronto, we will welcome Henri-Paul Rousseau, Vice Chairman of Power Canada Corporate Corporation, Power Corporation of Canada and Power Financial Corporation to our podium to address the question, is there value in financial advice? You can order your tickets and review the club's impressive list of upcoming events at www.canadianclub.org. You can also join the conversation via Twitter. Please follow us at CDN. CLB, TO, or by simply using that hashtag. I would like to express a special thanks today to our generous sponsors, Scotiabank, represented by Gillian Riley, and Magna, represented by Tom Skadudis. <laughs> Gillian and Tom, thank you both for your generous support, without which we can't have these wonderful events. Now I get the opportunity to introduce our welcome guest speaker. The auto industry has long been a pillar of our economy in the past. In fact, if we think about the auto industry and we think about the auto pact, we know that that was in many ways our first free trade agreement and a foundation upon which our country has become one of the leading exporting nations of the world. And today, the automotive industry continues to make headlines here in Canada and abroad for a number of reasons, including, most recently, the Trans-Canada Pacific Partnership and its implications for trade and, of course, the auto industry. Also, with smart cars that can drive themselves being on the horizon, what will our lives look like in the future? New makes and models fitted with modern technology that adjusts, talks, directs, are rolling off assembly lines at lightning speed. And how is this vital Canadian automotive industry adjusting 
to these innovations in volatile global markets and with volatile market dynamics. We're fortunate today to have the head of Canada's, large, one of Canada's largest automotive manufacturers to shed some light on this future. Mr. Stephen Carlyle became President and Managing Director of General Motors of Canada last December. And year to date, when we've heard so much gloom in terms of many economic segments, the General Motors Canada sales, I understand, have gone up 5.5% years to date in 2015 over 2014. Mr. Carlyle rose through the ranks of GM and is intimately familiar with every aspect of bringing every make and model to market. Prior to that, hailing from Woodstock, Ontario, he served as General Motors Vice President of Global Product Planning and Program Management, a position he held for over four years. He started at really the ground level as a co-op student at GM Oshawa 32 years ago. He rose from that plant floor to the executive suite through a variety of increasingly important roles. In 2001, he was the executive director of program management for General Motors North America. From 2002 to 2007, he served as vice president of GM Asia Pacific in charge of product planning and program management. From 2007 to 2010, he was Vice President of U.S. Sales Operations and also President and Managing Director of South Asia Operations. He graduated from the University of Waterloo with a Bachelor of Applied Science degree in Systems Design Engineering, and he also received a Master's degree in Business Administration from the Sloan School of Management at MIT. Before I relinquish the stage, I want, our, I want our audience and our live audience to know that Mr. Carlisle has generously agreed to take some questions from you after his speech. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome Mr. Steve Carlisle to our Canadian Club of Toronto podium. Good afternoon, and thank you, Danny, for that uh, kind introduction. Now, October 21st, 2015 was an important date. In the 1989 movie Back to the Future 2, Canadian actor Michael J. Fox traveled back and forth in time with the benefit of knowing where technology would take the world. Much of what the film forecast was remarkably on point. While we don't have flying cars yet, we now have hoverboards and flying drones, and we're now turning waste into energy. The lesson here is that we should never underestimate the pace of change and the possibilities that can be realized through imagination and ingenuity. Now, there's so many things that we could talk about today, given the pressures and the opportunities facing the auto sector, but I'd like to focus on what I think is the single most important challenge and opportunity for our industry and that is innovation and the future of mobility. In fact, here in Canada, it's time to get back to thinking about the future of the automotive industry. 
Every day we read aspirational stories. Google is working on driverless cars. Tesla is developing new electric vehicles. And of course, Uber is using smartphone technology to change the way we get around. Automotive disruption based on new technology and new thinking has arrived. And nowhere more than at General Motors, where we're looking at ways, looking at the future in new and exciting ways. Our CEO, Mary Barra, has said that at GM, our goal is to disrupt ourselves and to own the customer relationship beyond the car. So GM will be a disruptor. Disruptive thinking is happening at our own technical center in Warren, Michigan, and right here at our Canadian Engineering Center in Oshawa, where this past May we took on a new innovation mandate for work related to the connected car. Now there are three major areas of rapid innovation happening today, and they will ultimately converge in the next few years into what we call the future of mobility. First, environmental technology and electric cars. Our industry is spending hundreds of billions of dollars on environmental technology improvements to reduce emissions. That includes improved engines, transmissions, hybrids, and lightweight materials. But I think the most significant and lasting change here will prove to be the transition over time to electric vehicles and fuel cells. Second, the rapid emergence of the connected car and eventually a shift to more autonomous or driverless vehicles. This change is driven by connectivity amongst vehicle sensors and high-speed mobile networks. This is an area where GM has been the leader for years through our OnStar system and advanced controls, both of which are very important for us here in Canada. Third, and possibly most important, we're seeing a fundamental change in the way we think about using cars, especially in crowded cities. We call this urban mobility. What it means is that we're moving toward an integrated, multimodal, electric, and shared mobility system of the future. Again, it's an area where we need to innovate and collaborate. Let me give you a few examples. First, environmental technology, and more specifically, changes that reduce the use of carbon-based fuels and greenhouse gases. For a long time, the auto sector has been viewed as part of the problem of auto emissions, but I would argue that we are fast becoming a big part of the solution. Electrification is one way to reduce our use of carbon-based fuels, whether it's using fuel cells that emit only droplets of water, or more practically today, battery-driven electric vehicles, or EVs as they're often called. GM is committed to leadership in electric car development. And we're listening very carefully to our customers as we go. We offer three for sale today. The Cadillac ELR, the Chevrolet Spark, and Canada's best-selling plug-in vehicle, the Chevrolet Volt, which was on display as you arrived today. But we're not stopping there. At the Toronto Auto Show earlier this year, I was proud to unveil the Chevrolet Bolt EV concept. It's a breakthrough all-electric car with 320 kilometers of pure battery range, and the Bolt is going to be in production next year. It will be fun to go head-to-head -head with Tesla in this affordable, long-range battery class. Now, consumer adoption of EVs is slowly taking hold but we're still not at a tipping point. And the reason for that is pretty straightforward. Consumers still have concerns. 
These include battery range and recharging times and the availability of charging stations, whether at work or at their condo. We also need to understand that the wide availability of low-cost gasoline options is another major factor in people's buying decisions. These are challenges that we can and we will solve. One thing our experience bears out is that we need to listen to consumers. Legislating quotas of what people need to buy simply doesn't work. Successful change will only come when you align technology, infrastructure, governments, and consumers. That is now happening with more synergy and is pointing to an increasingly electric future. And that is why we're continuing to invest in research that will result in improved battery life, longer range, and affordable products. Battery technology is in an area which I believe Canada and its leading universities can and should take a focused and coordinated interest. Because that will be the true technological game changer for EVs in our future. Now the second big trend in auto innovation is the connected car and the move towards autonomous driving. Can anyone remember life before smartphones and tablets? What smartphones have done to connect us in the past decade, the car will do in the future and so much more. Analytic firms like the Gartner Group are telling us that the automobile is the next big platform for mobile wireless innovation. Automotive will be the key driver for the emerging Internet of Things, which includes vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle connections, road-to-vehicle, huge arrays of sensors driving big data, and yes, very connected drivers. For new car buyers today, especially younger consumers, connectivity is now a top reason to buy a specific model. Now let me turn to tech journalist and author Mark Saltzman to show you how this is happening. Hi everyone, I'm Mark Saltzman. It's a very exciting time in the automotive world. Whether it's a built-in Wi-Fi hotspot, integration with your smartphone, or active safety technologies, the connected car has truly arrived. Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac are all bringing the connected car experience to their customers in a big way. Powered by OnStar, drivers will have access to some extraordinary services, beginning with support for a 4G LTE connection in all 2016 models. With the purchase of a data plan, this technology turns your vehicle into a mobile hub with excellent signal quality and bandwidth, allowing up to seven compatible devices to get online inside or outside your vehicle. Drivers can use the in-vehicle Wi-Fi to access some of their favorite compatible apps to stream radio stations from around the world, as well as audiobooks and podcasts. Passengers can use the Wi-Fi to browse the web, access email, watch on-demand video, or play online games for ever-changing road trips for the better. A connected car also means you can access it remotely via your compatible smartphone or tablet using OnStar's Remote Link app. Depending on vehicle compatibility, you can remotely access certain diagnostics info such as tire pressure and oil life remaining, as well as remotely lock or unlock your vehicle. If your car is factory equipped, you can even start it remotely using the Remote Link app to get your car running nice and warm for those cold winter days. OnStar's advanced diagnostics feature not only allows drivers to get real-time information and notifications to help manage some of their vehicle's needs, but some models have a predictive maintenance feature to alert owners before the performance of certain vehicle systems are impacted. 
And finally, OnStar still offers their core services that users have grown to love over the years, such as hands-free calling, turn-by-turn -turn navigation, a live person to speak to, and if need be, emergency advisors who will call and assist you if a collision is detected. More info on OnStar services is available at OnStar.ca. Thanks for watching. I wanted to show you that video just to give you a, a visual idea of how this is working in our vehicles uh, today. So innovation in the connected car is a critical focus for us at our Canadian Engineering Centre in Oshawa, where we are now developing and commercializing many of these future technologies with our Canadian partners. Today, GM has more than 1 million 4G LTE connected customers on the road in North America. By comparison, all of our competitors combined of just 25,000. In fact, we sold more 4G LTE connected vehicles in three days in June last year than the rest of the industry did in the first half of 2015. Now, safety will be one of the biggest areas of benefit from the connected car. And for those of us that are parents of young drivers, there is no more important aspect of vehicle safety than protecting them. Teenagers are three times more likely to be in fatal crashes than drivers over 20. So now the connected car has enabled something we call teen driver. This is an innovation we recently introduced for parents to help their teenagers learn safe driving skills. It's an app that's initiated and operated by the, the parent. It tracks distance driven by the teenager, maximum speed traveled, over speed warnings issued, anti-lock brake events, and more. And here's a good one. <laughs> I'm glad that didn't exist when I was a kid. <laughs> and here's a good one. When activated, teen driver automatically mutes the radio until seatbelts are fastened. Now, if you have a teenager, you'll appreciate just exactly why that one works. Now, the next evolutionary step from the connected car is the car that drives itself, or what we call autonomous driving. The media and many others are fascinated by the driverless car. At GM, we are too. Lux Research IDC has projected that autonomous vehicles will be an $87 billion industry by 2030. Technologies such as lane keeping, active cruise control, active braking are all innovations that are with us today. They are stepping stones that will one day soon take us to autonomous driving. Now, personally, I will always love the experience of driving. But the option to let your car do the driving for you in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic on the QEW or in a straight line across the prairies, hands-free and safely, is very appealing. Cadillac will start to offer that ability in certain models early next year. So folks, it is just around the corner. Now our governments will need to be increasingly involved with connected and autonomous car technologies as we invest in new infrastructure, develop the right approaches to protect customer privacy, ensure their security, and work toward less congested and safer roadways. This is an area where regulation can be an enabler of innovation. And a good example of that is the Ontario government's actions to enable autonomous vehicle testing on our roads under controlled conditions. This is the type of forward-looking policy that is needed if we wish to participate technically and economically in this fast-expanding area of innovation. The third big trend is urban mobility. This is all about problem solving, breaking our own mindsets, and coming up with new ways to get around. 
Congestion is a global challenge, and city regions like the GTHA are important laboratories for our future. What I see is the start of an important move toward an integrated multimodal mobility system of the future where all these trends will come together. It will be predominantly electric and an important part of our new sharing economy. At GM, we recognize that car ownership as we know it can be expensive and inconvenient. And the reality is that most privately owned cars sit idle more than 90% of the time. That's an underutilized asset that takes up a lot of space. So maybe we need to change our thinking. In New York, GM has a pilot project running where we have a fleet of cars available to condo owners 24-7 as part of their condo fees. The service allows them to reserve a vehicle when they need it with a smartphone app and will be charged and ready to go. It's part of our new business thinking today and a natural evolution of our emerging sharing economy. Our first pilot car sharing program was actually with Google in California. And we have other pilot projects running in China and Germany, each testing different approaches. Now we also recognize that students really benefit from car availability upon demand at student prices. So closer to home, we are working with AutoShare to provide car sharing on five campuses in Toronto. There is no reason that car sharing models should not be part of the solution to our mobility challenges in the GTHA. New approaches that combine smartphone technology and connected car technology, perhaps some that can even disrupt Uber, can make this appealing to people in the city. Clearly, this is one very practical way to reduce congestion and improve urban mobility. Now, we really need to innovate and do a better job tackling the nightmare known as the daily commute an inefficiency that costs our economy dearly. We're about to spend billions on improved urban transportation infrastructure in Canada, and that's a very good thing. But we also need to ensure that we're getting long-term strategic value from those investments by factoring in changing automotive technology and anticipating the future mobility needs of drivers. At the end of the day, a great many of us will still be moving in vehicles, but we can achieve added value through automotive innovation that can reduce vehicle traffic and greenhouse gas emissions at the same time. Let me be more specific. The key challenge in the broader GTHA is in moving from, say, your home in Burlington to the GO train and then to work in downtown in Toronto and back safely and efficiently. This is a multimodal challenge involving one of the longest commute times in the world affecting millions of people. So just imagine that through the OnStar Remote Link app on your smartphone, you can access an available shared fleet of electric vehicles in, say, Burlington, maybe even an autonomous car that picks you up and delivers you to the GO train. And in the summer, what if your Remote Link app had your reserved e-bike waiting at Union Station to scoot that, that last mile to the office? And you could fold up that bike and put it next to your desk ready for the ride home. We are bringing these ideas to life as we speak at our engineering center in Oshawa, including the development of a special e-bike that we'll have more to say about next year. And here's another exciting part, the economic opportunity for Ontario and Canada. These new technologies and appro approaches have already started to create a new kind of global automotive technology supply chain. It's bringing together new industry, new business models, new R&D challenges, new roles for universities, 
new skills requirements, new ways of looking at our infrastructure, new approaches to security and privacy, not to mention exciting jobs for people graduating from science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM fields coming out of our great Ontario institutions. In Oshawa, we're already working with innovative partners like Magna, Lixar, and Crosschasm, to name just a few, as well as a range of leading Canadian universities that offer R&D collaboration projects, as well as future recruits. Over the past few months, I've had the opportunity to tour Waterloo and McMaster universities, meeting with uh, faculty and students to see the kinds of advanced engineering and research they are undertaking right here in Canada. I would like to take a moment to recognize the students who are here today from the University of Waterloo Watcar team and the McMaster University EcoCar and Formula SAE teams. Your accomplishments are truly impressive and I must say uh, inspiring. I'm not the only one who thinks so. At our recent global business conference, when GM was asked whether we will be able to get the talent we need from Silicon Valley, our global head of product development instead pointed to the University of Waterloo, noting that school is rapidly becoming a great pipeline for us of young, creative, and talented people eager to join this company. In fact, Ontario now produces more qualified STEM grads in the state of California. Now, what also attracts us at GM uh, is the ecosystem, which is the combination of R&D and talent in our universities, our startups, our incubators, and a willingness to partner for the future. I'm especially honored that we have some of our key partners with us here today, and I would like to briefly introduce two of them. First, Ian Klugman from Communitech in Waterloo. Ian has been a great partner. Today, I'm pleased to announce that GM Canada will be establishing an innovation outpost within Communitech with an initial focus on exploring urban mobility and connected car solutions. Now, Communitech has demonstrated that its unique approach can foster new ideas and bring together new businesses and new solutions. So it's an ideal partner for GMA Canada. We plan to have our GM Canada presence at Communitech up and running shortly, so thank you for being with us here today, Ian. Now, it's also my honor to introduce Dr. Pearl Sullivan, the Dean of Engineering at the University of Waterloo. Pearl, the work you're doing is truly inspiring and important. When GM visited you in March, you said something that really caught our attention, and that is that you get up each day thinking about how your university can help drive the economy of Canada. And we saw that you were doing just that, and we were right in your corner as you continue to grow, especially with the new E7 engineering building, which we hope and expect many other companies and levels of government will get behind as well. I'm pleased to announce today that GM Canada will be providing $1 million in support to the University of Waterloo for two important projects that fit right into our focus on developing connected car and greener vehicle technologies. One is a research chair in lightweight materials developed and led by Professor Khan Anal, who is also with us here today, and whose work is already making a tremendous contribution to GM's vehicle programs. And in keeping with our Oshawa mandate for connected car software development, we will be the exclusive automotive partner of the Faculty of Engineering's Capstone Design Program, which includes providing 10 Capstone Design Prizes and mentorship opportunities. So thank you, Pearl, 
for your great work and your partnership. Now let me close with a few thoughts on the role of government in all of this. An issue a bit of a challenge or a call to action, if you will. Clearly there's an important role for government in all aspects of transportation, from regulatory oversight to maintaining the transit systems and roadways that we all depend upon. And it's encouraging that both the federal and provincial governments have committed to significant investments in infrastructure and are showing genuine interest in automotive innovation for the future. My challenge to our governments is to get your skates and helmets on. It's time to get into the corners and take a hard look at how to leverage automotive innovation. We have an opportunity to gain far greater value from our infrastructure investments, to reduce traffic and greenhouse gases, and above all, grab this unique opportunity to anchor and unlock significant new economic potential for Canada. Canada can get into the playoffs by being a partner, an innovator, and a risk taker. Other governments are already moving in this direction. At GM, we're tracking RFPs in the area of autonomous and urban mobility projects in Singapore, Japan, and China, and collaborative projects like the autonomous test driving facilities in Ann Arbor, Michigan, just to name a few. These are big investment projects. They will have a global impact, and no one owns this space yet. No company, no country, and no government. Sometimes the answer is simply to follow the advice of one of our greatest innovators who famously said, it's about skating to where the puck is going to be. At the Waterloo Innovation Summit in September, I was pleased to hear Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne acknowledge that government needs to innovate as well. She quoted Dr. Mariana Mazzucato, a leading economist and innovator, saying that the state has a leading role to play in creating the vision, sharing the inherent risks, and encouraging the sort of private sector investment that leads to sustained economic growth. Dr. Mazzucato points out that the government can do what is not being done or won't be done by the private sector alone. And I could not agree more. When governments engage, they can facilitate areas of cross-sector, cross-discipline coordination that otherwise simply won't ha happen fast enough to capitalize on the opportunities at hand. Governments can bring to life catalytic projects that are meaningful in scope, this can help to anchor knowledge, capacity, jobs, and economic activity for the future. So why not issue a request for proposals for projects that define a roadmap for how multimodal, connected, autonomous, and electric mobility technologies can reduce costs and help address congestion? A serious project like that could help us, for example, to scope out and test dedicated autonomous pathways vehicle-to-vehicle, vehicle-to-infrastructure communications protocols, network uh, bandwidth requirements, infrastructure sensing control and monitoring systems, and regulation that enables innovation. And we should always be looking for real-world real consumer feedback. My sense is that Canadians would be enthusiastic early adopters. Here's why I'm encouraged. We now have provincial and federal governments that I sense understand the opportunity, the importance of building an economy that is technology-based and value-added. Things are changing fast. And Canada has an open door into one of the most exciting new areas of technological change on the planet. At GM of Canada, we're pressing ahead in these areas. We're rethinking the future of the automotive business, 
and are starting to disrupt ourselves and our industry, all for the benefit of consumers. So my main objective today was to call upon our governments, our universities, our accelerators, our suppliers, and other potential partners to do the same. Let's define the future of mobility and do it right here in Canada. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, uh, Steve. Appreciate those remarks. <clears throat> and now in keeping with his promise, I believe we have a opportunity for a couple of questions from the audience. I just uh, please raise your hand if you have a question. A couple of quick rules are please state your name and state your question in the form of a question. So it's in line with the game show host uh, that we all know. And please feel free to raise your hand and one of the members of our staff will have a microphone. Over here. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Quick question. It's a bit surprising to hear General Motors promote car sharing, maybe even a bit in, uh, counterintuitive. How would GM define success with less cars on the road? Well, car sharing, uh, it's happening. And so from a, a, an automotive uh, industry point of view, uh, I think the way that we need to look at is how do we participate, including looking at a table of our dealer partners over here is uh, how do we relate that to our, to our dealer network. Uh, the way I think about it is increasingly car sharing will become the face of our brands and our, and our distribution network to the consumer. Uh, so then, then the issue is, you know, how do we participate uh, and we don't, certainly don't want to be disintermediated by anyone, right? We want to maintain that, uh, that face to the consumer. So that, that's how we see it and why we're, we're moving out on it. We don't want to be outpaced or outrun by anyone else. Thank you. Right here. Hi. Uh my life? Yes. Uh, Flavio Volpe, Automotive Parts. Um, your company, as uh, well as a lot of other OEMs, are uh, participating in an autonomous and connected vehicle um, working collaboration at the uh, University of Michigan, M-City. I wonder if you think that there's a role for something like that in Canada. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and that's the, the central premise, is um, these projects are popping up. Um, everywhere at different places around the world. The way we assess Ontario is that the, the, the core skill sets to make that really happen, really truly happen, exist here, and that's pretty unique to us. As I cited before, uh, we, we produce more STEM graduates in, in Ontario than, than California does. Uh, what, what better place to do the work? And we're having students recruited away to California to go and innovate. We can do all that innovation right here. And we have the, as I indicated in here, we have uh, governments that are demonstrating you know, the interest and in innovation in the auto sector. Uh, we're going to um, allocate the resources to do new transportation infrastructure. Why not combine all that and create a new opportunity for us? We have a question over here. Hi, I'm Alison Bazat. Um, I was wondering what advice you have for students in engineering fields that are looking to get involved in the automotive industry. 
I, I couldn't quite hear you. Sorry. Hi. hi. Um, I'm Allison Bazat. I was yeah. wondering what advice you had for engineering students that are looking to get involved with the automotive industry. Yeah, well, uh, you used the key word already, which is get involved. Uh, I cited a couple of great ways to do that. Uh, the Watt Car team at Waterloo and uh, the uh, EcoCar and the Formula SAE teams at, uh, at McMaster, those are, those are terrific uh, ways to get involved specifically with the auto industry beyond the curriculum. You know, I was uh, uh, trained as an engineer, educated as an engineer. That's always a great starting point, but I think we're... Uh, where we are with an industry today, some of these uh, programs that are very purposeful in terms of uh, developing leaders in the auto industry uh, through through extracurricular activities like that. Um, Co-op programs are always a great idea too, and uh, getting involved firsthand and uh, uh, actually getting involved in different parts of the the sector, whether it's uh, you know in engineering or as I started in assembly or um, in supply chain or uh, in the on the retail side of our business. And I think we have more time for one last question over here, please. Hi, uh, I'm Josipa Petrinch, and I'm leading the Electric Vehicle Technology Roadmap at McMaster and University of Guelph. And just a quick question for you. Uh, in our analysis, we're looking at CAFE standards as a clear driver for electrification. Can you give us a sense whether General Motors, like a lot of other OEMs, will be able to accommodate 2025 standards and what the world looks like post-2025 from a CAFE standards point of view in electrification? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's what's catalyzing a lot of this conversation because, uh, you know, in Canada, we operate under the same standards as uh, we do in the United States. Those standards are very similar in terms of outcomes with uh, China or Korea or uh, European Union or, or what have you. So that, that And that's what's really exciting, right, is um, things are changing very fast, a lot of new technologies and new solutions. So... Uh, you know, we have a line of sight on how to meet all those requirements as they escalate over time and why we're committing, as I mentioned in here, the industry committing hundreds of billions of dollars on uh, technology to, to meet those standards. What we're talking about here today, we want to go beyond that um, into the connected space and into the sharing space and uh, into the autonomous space and actually uh, absolutely maximize the, the value of that. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. Now I'd like to take uh, the opportunity to introduce uh, Jennifer Sloan to come and say a few words of thanks on behalf of the Canadian Club to our guest speaker. Thank you, Danny. As Danny mentioned, I'm Jennifer Sloan, Vice President of Public Policy at MasterCard and the proud immediate past president of the Canadian Club of Toronto. Thank you for joining us today. And Mr. Carlisle, on behalf of the Canadian Club of Toronto, we'd like to thank you for sharing your vast knowledge of the automotive industry with us this afternoon. Your insights and perspectives underscore the ongoing critical role that the sector plays in economic growth and development. As you pointed out, the sector enables innovation in every aspect of delivering new models to market, from engineering and design, assembly, sales and service. We anxiously await the dynamic developments that are in store for us. As consumers, we're excited by what the future holds and how the driving experience is changing. Mr. Carlisle, we appreciate your firsthand knowledge, experience, and leadership in an increasingly competitive industry. Thank you again for accepting our invitation to share your expertise with our members and guests. We wish you much success in your presidential role at GM. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Great. Thank you very much. We clearly see this very important industry has hopefully its best days ahead. There's no doubt, no matter how much technology changes, moving people and goods around our country and around the world will always remain important. And having a major player like General Motors of Canada be a leader in that is a good thing for this country. And also I'm happy to hear with the innovation in making the road trip even more fun with the autonomous car. I'm looking forward to jumping in the back seat and watching those movies with my kids. <laughs> I'd like to thank again our, our kind and generous sponsors, Scotiabank and Magna, for helping make today's luncheon possible. One more time. And before we close, I would ask you to take a look on your table. There is a comment card. I don't have one with me, but you'll see it there. And if you would take an opportunity to fill that out, we're always eager to get the feedback of our guests and your impressions of our events. This does conclude our program for today, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. And we would like to thank MediaEvents.ca, Canada's online event space, and VVC for live streaming of today's event. We're also grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club events. And again, to learn more about the club, please access our website at www.canadianclub.org. Thank you again for joining us, and this meeting is adjourned.